Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Our, our declaration up. Say this out loud with me. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I boldly declare I will be what it says I should be. I will have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say, and I will live how it says I shall live. This is the day the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family, forgiveness. I will stand and pray for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. I will stand and pray for all nations. I declare that we are one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you agree, give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Are we, are we hooked up with Israel? Is that a yes? Yes. We have our good friend Sam Grunwerg from Israel. Sam, number one, God bless you, my brother. Pastor Leonard, thank you so much. Sam, first off, uh, how are you and Julia and the kids doing? Thank you, Pastor Leonard. I, I, I want to say... Uh, we, we've been uh, in touch with you, with Pastor Tiz, Pastor Scott. I know Shmulek has been speaking with you. I want to thank you, first of all, personally, before I even get to thanking New Beginnings Church and Larry Huck Ministries. Uh, we, we have really become uh, one family. Uh, and uh, thank you, Pastor Larry, for, for, for asking. Uh, my wife, Julia, and, and, and my kids, thank God, are well and they're safe. But I can tell you that none of us are okay. None of us are okay. The same way that I know that you're not okay. Um, I do, as you see, I'm I'm sitting here uh, in uh, in my IDF uniform, and uh, I'll, I'll explain to you in a little bit about what it is exactly that I do in my reserve duty. You and I have spoken about it. Um, I do have uh, one of uh, one of my daughters was called up, and she's uh, serving in in reserve duty. Uh, but I can tell you, Pastor Larry, that. Uh, everybody is affected. Nobody is okay here. Everybody knows somebody who was either murdered, uh, wounded, kidnapped. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about the, the words to describe what happened here. Uh, and uh, I think the best, the best way to describe it is a, a genocidal massacre. Yes. Larry is yes. nothing short of that. Sam, um, I know that, and all of us know, but we have people watching, literally, last week, Sam, we did a, 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 a teaching of standing up with Israel. We had almost a million people tap in and say, we're standing with Israel too, and we're so proud of that. Um, Sam, the other day, I did a podcast with a, um, a group called Charisma here in the United States, and he looked at me and he said, our lines are blowing up for people saying we're standing with Israel. 
all across America, obviously, but all across Africa, even in Russia. And so as wow. tragic as this is, we want you to know that we will not be silent. Sam, you were called up. Everybody here knows that you're the world president of, from Israel of Karen Hazot, and which we work with you for Holocaust survivors, uh, bomb shelters, uh, feeding the children, et cetera, et cetera. You were called back up into service of the IDF. Can you tell the folks what it is you're doing with the IDF right now? Sure, Pastor Larry. For, maybe if it's okay, I'll just give a couple of uh, of numbers because I know that, that that not everybody uh, is is maybe on the same page. And first of all, I want to thank you again for that. Also, Pastor Larry, I watched your uh, uh, I, I watched your segment on charisma, and uh, it was tremendous. And your standing with Israel is so important. So, so last Saturday on October seventh, uh, just just eight nine days ago, October seventh. 2023, now what we're calling uh, the in Hebrew, the Shabbat HaShachor, the, the Black Sabbath here. Um, mm. the, the genocidal Hamas terrorists launched uh, a surprise attack. 50 years, by the way, 50 years and one day uh, since the surprise attack of the Yom Kippur War in 1973, which was October 6th, 1973. So this was October 7th, 2023. Um, they massacred the, uh, right now, there are at least 1,400 killed in one day, 1,400 murdered, 3,500 at least wounded, more than 8,000 rockets were launched, and they're still being launched as, as we sit here and speak, 8,000 rockets launched at Israel, at least 125 kidnapped hostages in Gaza, and when we, uh, that were taken into Gaza, and, and, and many of them uh, citizens, uh, civilians. And when we talk about atrocities and pogroms, I, I want to be clear, Pastor Larry, I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back. No, I, I asked um, you not to. Yeah. And, and it's important that, 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 uh, that everyone listening understand, and th this is, this is no exaggeration. The atrocities included rape, torture, mutilation, burning people alive, complete families, Beheading of people, including babies and infants. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. And it's important to know that the last time that this many Jews were murdered in a single day, 1,400, was in 1945 during the Holocaust. Mm. So just to put it into perspective, this is not just another round of fighting. This is not just you know another cycle of violence. This is, this is something significant that we haven't seen before. Uh, and, and, and that's why your standing with us is so important. You asked me, Pastor Larry, about what, what I do in the military. So I, um, for the last 15 years or so, I serve at the rank of major uh, of what's called a casualty officer, which is the very difficult task of uh, officers that have to go and knock on doors of families and notify them that their, that their loved ones uh, were killed and are not coming home. And to knock on that door of a family, to walk into a home, and to tell a family member that their their uh, their son, their daughter, their father, their brother uh, was killed. And and Pastor Larry, just in the as you know, because we've been speaking daily, just in the last few days, I personally, and I'm just one of of tens of of, of officers that do this across the country. I personally had to notify four different families. And it's uh, each one 
is uh, is just a terrible tragedy and 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 gut wrenching. So that that's that's what I do uh, in the military when I'm not doing my day job as as world chairman of Karen Aisod, raising funds, critical funds uh, for Israel that that you uh, and 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 Larry Huck Ministries and, and New Beginning Church have been such great friends and supporters. And so this is a this is a crucial time. It's a crucial time when. We, we, we really need uh, your continued support. And I want to thank you here for the, for the funds that you've already sent in such a quick fashion in just the, the last few days. It's unbelievable uh, uh, how quickly you have all responded to really rise to the occasion and to understand the importance of the moment, to rise to the occasion. You've sent critical funds, a few hundred thousand dollars, as you mentioned, that have gone directly to help the, the almost 5,000 families, think about it, 5,000 families that were directly affected, either murdered, wounded, kidnapped, and as you mentioned, some of them Holocaust survivors. There are, there are pictures of a Holocaust survivor that was kidnapped, taken over the border into Gaza. It's just unthinkable. As you mentioned, we are talking about uh, darkness uh, against light and, 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 and good against evil. You know, Sam, when we, when we hang up, I'm going to be teaching here in the service and if i can get to it one of the things i'm going to do is quote one of the heads of uh hamas that uh, that um it was reported on television so it's not hearsay we have the recording and this man said first off he said i want to thank iran so for funding this secondly he said the murder the rape the torture, the butchering of, it, of civilian Jews is a dream come true. And I'm, um, I'm going to show the video if we can get to it today. But my concern, Sam, is that as we get a week away or two weeks away, people forget that. And, and what we're asking the media, and as, as you and I have talked, is these are not militants. Th these are demonic butchers that would do this kind of thing and say the murder and rape of children. We, there was on uh, one of the, one of the uh, social medias today where they had captured a member of Hamas and they said, who's hostage? And he said, we have the elderly, we have the handicapped, we have women, we have young girls and he described what they're doing to those young girls, raping the children, beheading them. Um, what do we say, Sam, to say we can't not let this as we get a week or two weeks away? I know we don't like to focus on that, but we have to focus on that so that we don't forget what Israel is fighting for. What do you say to that? You know, I think uh, very much along the lines of what, what you're talking about and what you're going to be praying about. As you know, Pastor Larry, this, this terrible genocidal massacre took place, as I mentioned, last Saturday, which, as you know well, was our holiday of Simchat Torah, which ironically is a, is a, is a, a holiday when we're actually commanded. It's one of the only uh, holidays we're commanded to have an emotion. It's supposed to be the holiday to rejoice and to be yeah. happy. Yeah. And, when, and when we complete the cycle of reading the, all of the Torah portions, 
uh, our five books of Moses from the beginning to the end. And uh, of course, they turned a, a, a joyous day into, into this tragedy. But, you know, I was thinking about it, Pastor Larry, yesterday on Saturday, I was I had the chance to be home and, and kind of catch up on sleep in between notifying families and in between funerals and in between our Karen Aisod uh, uh, operations. And I was in synagogue. I was in shul. I was in synagogue and we and we read we started the new cycle of reading uh, from the beginning. And we read Genesis, which, you know, so well, Pastor Larry. And as you know, we read in that first Torah portion, among other things, the story of, first of all, the creation of man and the idea that we're all created in the, uh, the image of God and that we all recognize, all of us, and I know that this is true for our, our, our Jewish, Judeo-Christian values that we share, that we, uh, the Jews, and, and like, our, our, like all of you, our Christian brothers and sisters, we recognize that every human being is created with the image of God. And um, unfortunately, these, uh, uh, these, as you said correctly, these demonic uh, uh, Hamas uh, terrorists, they, they do not recognize no. that, uh, that, that, that the Jewish people are created with the image of God. And, you know, I was thinking, Pastor Larry, that we read yesterday the story of Cain and Abel, of course, the very first murder, uh, to, certainly first murder in the world mentioned in the Bible when Cain kills his brother, murders his brother Abel. And then when God asks him, where is your brother? His famous rhetorical response is, am I my brother's keeper? And we at Karen Aisod, together with you, Pastor Larry, we, we want to call our emergency campaign uh, our, our brother's keeper campaign because we want to correct that, that wrong that, that yes. was done and, 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 and instead of having the, am I my brother's keeper with a question mark at the end, all of us together, our Karen Ayesod communities all around the world and our Christian friends of, of Israel around the world, led by yourself and, and your wonderful uh, ministry, we need to have a response that says, we are our brother's keeper with yes. an exclamation mark yes. and not with a question mark. Yes. You know, Sam, one of the things that this terrorist uh, leader said in the video is that Israel, the Jews celebrate life. We celebrate death. And I did an interview a couple days ago with the Jerusalem Post, and we were talking about this, that, um, and not, not that we have to get in detail, but there are certain, there's, when a, a Jew is, dies he needs to he or she needs to be buried within x number of days correct and uh that's right um they said that some of the people that need to be buried that were butchered uh on shabbat last saturday uh, some of the soldiers that have been killed uh are from the u.s are from other parts of the world and so right. there were no families to come to these funerals and Israel put the word out, and hundreds of people lined the streets celebrating them, came to the funeral so that these who had been butchered by these, these inhumane terrorists would not be buried alone. And it just showed me the very thing you're saying, Sam, is that in my brother's keeper, not only are we our brother's keeper, we're family. 
whether we're Christians or Jews, and Israel shows that so well. Sam, I know that you've That's unfortunately been to the homes and been to the funerals. Have you seen this kind of thing or heard this kind of thing? I have, Pastor Larry. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it 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 absolutely just on on Friday, two days ago, uh, the last thing that I that I did before I came home to my family for Shabbat and to get some rest from the the crazy week that we had, I had the task as part in my capacity in the IDF of overseeing uh, one of the funerals, and it's exactly what you just mentioned. It was uh, a young uh, officer, a, uh, a combat uh, female, a young woman, 22-year-old, um, had her whole life in front of her, 22 years old. She was murdered, and there was a procession, Pastor Larry, with, uh, with the coffin from her house to the regional cemetery, which was maybe a 15-minute maybe a drive. And they talked about having a procession because, as you know, we're still we still have rockets coming down, and um, according to the Home Front Command, we're not supposed to have gatherings of more than 50 people. So people felt bad that they wouldn't be able to come out in the thousands to the funeral. So they decided they would line the streets for the for the car procession with the coffin from the house to the cemetery. People with Israeli flags. I have to tell you, I thought it would only be the two or three blocks you know, in the proximity of the house, I was amazed to see, Pastor Larry, that it went on for miles and miles, almost all the way to the cemetery, mm. people coming out. And when I when I looked out the window, we were, I was in the minibus with the family, and I was looking at the people lining the streets. You saw what the, what the people of Israel are. I'm sure that there were also Christian friends of Israel that were there as well. And we saw all different types of different walks of life from different socioeconomic backgrounds, it doesn't matter. And it's exactly what you said. It's, it was the kind of people, just like our Christian friends, who do value life over death and that do value light over darkness and good over evil. You know, I, I, I just want to share one, one more thing from, from my experiences. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's natural going through something like this to, to, to just, you know, become... Uh, quite depressed and down, and it's hard to to stay optimistic and positive, uh, and 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 hopeful. And you know, I was in, as I mentioned, notifying four different families of the worst news of all. And I could tell you, it's it's completely natural and and understandable and acceptable to, you know, in my position as being the messenger, to to take the brunt of things. And I've had parents, uh, uh, you know, screaming and, and, and yelling. And sometimes uh, it's, it's directed towards me and asking me to leave the house. And that's, that, that's, that's yeah. totally uh, understandable. But I want to tell you, Pastor Larry, I, the, the, the other night, I think it was, it was Wednesday night, I went to the home of a family, 10 children. They, and I had to notify them that their, their third child, which was their oldest son, was, was, was murdered and killed fighting in the IDF, and the mother of this family, uh, instead, of, uh, uh, um, instead of taking it to, 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 to a completely dark place, she looked at me, you know what she said? She said, she said to me, Sam, you know, I, I feel bad for you. I feel for you mm -hmm. that you have to do this very difficult but important task 
of, of giving this, this bad news to families. And then she gave me a blessing, Pastor Larry. Oh. The, the most beautiful thing that blew me away. And you know what she said? She said, in the merit of the fact that you and your colleagues have to give uh, this terrible news, but you do it in a way that's so important, um, you, should, you should merit that when the Messiah comes, that you should be the one and the ones that are uh, that that mm. ha, uh, that have the merit to make the announcement and give that news. And I'll tell you, that blew me away. Wow. And, and it's a lesson to us. It's a lesson to us that at times like this, not, that that we can still see the light and and the optimism, but also to know that there's something that we can do. We don't have to feel hopeless. And this is where we need all of you. The we the the needs are tremendous, Pastor Larry, and you've already helped tremendously. Um, we have a Victims of Terror Fund that helps the more than 5,000 families. Unfortunately, the scale of this is, because, is growing every day, and, and we really need your not only your help and solidarity standing with Israel, like you said, and we're going to need it because the ground war is going to start at some time soon. And then all of this goodwill uh, in the media for Israel, it's already starting to slip, but it's going to slide fast, and nobody's going to remember, and they're just going to uh, they're just going to be uh, critical of Israel, and uh, and 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 we we need that as well. But we also need the continued financial uh, support for the tremendous resources that yeah. we need Amen. for 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 our people. And then the God of Israel and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob should bless all of you, as it says in in, in Genesis. Amen. Amen. Sam, just uh, just one or two more questions. I know you got to go. I know you're busy and. Our prayers are when we release you, you don't have to knock on another door. Appreciate that. And Unfortunately, uh, it, looks like, it looks like I will, but I appreciate that, Pastor Larry. You know, when we were there with you the last time in Israel, you know, I teach all the time that in ancient Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. And when we were with you guys last time, they had just shot 200 rockets into Israel, and then the, then the cease fire and now it's 5,000 did you say 5,000 rockets have been shot at least over 6,500 6,500 and when we went there we went to that military base with uh, Pastor Scott and Shmulek and from what I understand that 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 those right they're right down by the Gaza Strip and those, those, those young men were the first ones to respond when these butchers came across. And God led us to partner with you, with Israel, with Karen Hezod, uh, to buy that military ambulance there. Uh, and That's then right. we went down right to the border where we have the center and we help those children, et cetera. Um, do you know if those soldiers we talked to, if they're all okay? And what about our kids? Thank you, uh, Pastor Larry. I, I wish I I wish I could tell you that they're all uh, great and safe. I don't know specifically. I can tell you that because of the scale of this attack and the scale uh, and the numbers that we're talking about, um, that's why it's taken a number of days in order to sort out, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, we still have, have, uh, have not finished. We're nine days, we're nine days into this war. We still haven't notified all the families of, of, uh, of those murdered. 
And we still haven't notified all the families of those that are that are kidnapped. Uh, it's it, it just shows you to what extent this evil, as you said correctly, this Amalek. Um, so I wish I could tell you that that those soldiers that you interacted with are all safe and sound, but I I don't know to say that right now. What about our Ali absorption center with the kids and the families? Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that because you and, and New Beginnings Church have done so much to help in Aliyah. It just, it just gives you an idea about how many are affected. There are thousands of Olim that live in the affected areas. There are a few absorption centers that are in the affected areas. <laughs> Excuse me. A few, a few absorption centers. So you're talking about a few thousand Olim that have had to be evacuated where you have children who are only in the country for a short period of time are still adjusting to the new culture, to the new language, and they're having to deal with the horror and the terror and the psychological effect, even if they're not affected physically, of sirens in the middle of the night, scrambling and trying to run within so many seconds to a, a safe uh, bomb shelter room. Uh, and also the Amigur facilities, about half of the Amigur residents in the country, which is about 2,600, are in the affected areas in the South, which as you know, <coughs> many of them Holocaust survivors. And so the needs in all of those facilities, the absorption centers, the Amigur centers in the South, it, 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 it all plays a direct effect into the tremendous needs um, that's all in addition to the, to the, the, the victims, uh, of the families that were helping through our Victims of Terror Fund. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's just heart-wrenching. And uh, if, we, if we weren't people of faith together, Pastor Larry, um, we would probably just go into a deep depression. But yeah. uh, th thank thankfully, we have our faith, and thankfully, we have each other. And we have reason to be hopeful and know that even when, when things seem the darkest and when there doesn't seem to be a ray of light anywhere, we know that the smallest, smallest, smallest ray of light can, uh, can push away so much darkness. And that's what we need at this time, because there's so much darkness, Pastor Larry. There's so much darkness. Well, Sam, I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy. I want to leave you with the scripture that we're going to be teaching from today, and it's out of the prophet Isaiah 62. And it says, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. And so, Sam, you, you and all of Israel and all of our Jewish and brothers and sisters literally around the world, you have our pledge here that we will not be silent and that we will stand up loud and clear that nobody, no government, no president, no country has the right to tell Israel to stand down or to cease until the enemy is utterly destroyed. We stand with Israel. Thank you so much, Pastor Larry. And I want to leave you from here in Jerusalem where I'm sitting, that I have as the, as the grandson of Holocaust survivors and the, grand, the great grandson of, of those that were murdered in the Holocaust, that I have the, the merit to be, to be sitting here wearing an IDF uniform, then the fact that what's different than, from 1945 is that in 1945, we didn't have a modern day sovereign state of Israel, but today, in 2023, even though 
we we took quite a beating last week, but we have a state of Israel, a sovereign state of Israel, with the, with the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob looking over us, and also with our Christian friends. And I want to bless all of you uh, with and 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 with the blessing of of Abraham from Genesis twelve three that those that bless Israel will be blessed. And also, I want to curse our enemies. That yes, those amen. That curse Israel, yes, amen. Those that amen. Curse. Amen. And your your support for us, financial, political, diplomatic, it is so critical. And we thank you and we bless you. Thank you, Sam. We'll, we'll I'll talk to you tomorrow or the, today. Give our love to Julia and the kids and give our love to all of Israel. We pray for divine victory. We pray that every, the eyes of the Gentiles around the world will be opened up many for the first time of the evils that Israel faces every day, and may they not face it anymore. You know, Sam, I, I, just as we close, when we were down at the center with the kids and we interviewed those two little 12-year-old Jewish girls, just absolutely physically beautiful, spiritually beautiful, and we partner with Israel in the camps to help these kids get beyond trauma. And I can remember in the interview, and we have it on film, saying, how do you deal with this? They're 12 years old. How do you deal with the rockets going off, the bombs, the threat of that? And they said these words, we just get used to it. And may no Jew ever have to get used to it again. May the enemies of God be utterly wiped off the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much to you, Pastor Tiz, Pastor Scott, and to all of you, all of you watching, participating. We, we love you, and we need you, and we bless you. Thank you. God bless, Sam. We'll talk soon. Amen. Well, there you have it from the nation of Israel. And my concern is that, as I said to Sam, is that the further we get away from the atrocities that took place, the, the, the more we'll forget what it is that these butchers did to innocent men, women, and children. And so I want to address this. I'm not going to be able to speak real long. We're going to have to leave right from here. I'm going to speak at a Jewish rally uh, uh, at, at uh, 1230, I think it is, something like that. But uh, let's look at it again. I want to ask uh, the guys to pull up the, the map of Israel that we showed. Last week when we taught on the, the, the history of Israel, um, we had almost a million hits saying, we need more of this. We like this. Can you explain more? If you look at around the world right now, and in, in including here in Dallas, Texas, in, in America, there are rallies that are taking place supporting Hamas and supporting Palestine and calling for the death of Israel. In Australia last week, they, they rallied in support of Hamas uh, and were crying out, gas the Jews, gas the Jews. And one of the things you hit, and one of the things that is confusing, and I went over this last week, but we got so much response, I want to hit on it again. We went over is, who does that land belong to? Because you'll see on these signs, uh, quit uh, uh, apartheid, quit occupying Israel. Are the Jewish people 
the, the people of the land of Israel, or are they the Palestinians? Well, let's look at a map of Israel here. And here we see uh, Israel as it is today. You see the Gaza Strip. You see West Bank. You see Lebanon. You see the Golan Heights, which we were a part of. Thank God, little did we know, putting back in the hands of Israel. We see Syria, Jordan, etc. And then we're going to show you later all of the rest of the Arab nations. Now, just to say this very quickly... What they're saying is the reason why, and, and I watched the lady in New York being interviewed, and the guy said, uh, uh, what do you feel on this? And she's, she's protesting for Hamas. And she said, the Jews got what they deserved. And he said, they're raping, they're raping and murdering women. They're raping and murdering babies. They're taking a, a, a garden hoe and, and chopping the head off of a baby alive they're burning children alive, sticking them in tires and tying them up and setting the tires. And she said, right here in America, she said they're getting what they deserve. That is our land. So let's look at the fact is who does that land belong to? We know biblically what the Bible says. That is the land of, of the Jewish people. It will be forever. We know that. But let's look at it historically. All of this land, and we'll show you a map later, not only, uh, not only Israel and Lebanon and Syria and Jordan, Egypt, all of the Arab countries, all the way to South Africa, all the way around Turkey and into Europe, was called for, since 1517 to 1917, was called the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire for 400 years, 1517 to 1917, all of this land was the Ottoman Empire. The Ottomans partnered with Germany in World War I, and the Allied forces got the uh, Arab tribes to fight against the Turks with the promise of giving them their own land, their own countries. And so in 1917, after World War I, this whole area which has been for 400 years. So that immediately eliminates that this has always been Palestinian people country. It, I mean, the, 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 the Ottomans, the Turks were Muslim, but they were not Arabs. Now they're claiming this, that Israel belongs to the Arabs. So for 400 years up until 1917, they're, they're, that it was owned by those who were not Arabs. Got it? Okay, so in 1917 until 1920-21, there were agreements among those who won the war, the Allied forces of dividing this land, and there were agreements. One was called the Belfort, um, the Belfort Declaration. The other one was called the San Remo Conference, and they got together and they said, here's how we're going to divide this land. Can you guys bring up um, well, let, well, let's let's hold on. So they divided the land, and they said, "Here's here's who this land belongs to. This land up there belongs to Syria. This land belongs to Lebanon. This land belongs to Jordan. This is Israel." I'm going to show you in a minute that the land that was Israel went way over this way. That was the agreement of who gets the land. Now, the thing I want to bring you up is nobody has ever debated Lebanon's borders. Nobody's ever debated Syria's borders. Nobody's ever debated Jordan's borders or Egypt borders. The only borders that they kept shrinking after 1920, the only borders that they shrunk were the land of Israel. And the reason why 
those borders were shrunk, shrunk because of the pressure from the Arab nations. Now, many Arabs are now partnering with Israel. It's called the Abraham Accord, and that's one of the reasons why this happened is Saudi Arabia was coming in. There was finally becoming peace in the Middle East. But the only lands that were shrunk were the lands of Israel, and the reason why the League of Nations then and finally the UN agreed to keep shrinking Israel was because of the wealth of oil. That's the only reason it happened. The second thing I want you to look at is, one, it was the Ottoman Empire. It was not Arab. was not Arab. For 400 years, it was not Arab. Now, you can go all the way back to the history of Israel, and I'm not going to do it today, but we have all the, the dates of the history of Israel thousands of years back where Jews were, the, were the, 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 the people of Israel. We can show you all those dates. Those are biblical dates. We know them. But then all of a sudden, this area known as Israel is now being called Palestine. And I shared this before, but people don't know because when they look at, well, and, and you hear Christians saying, well, Israel is occupying the land. They're occupying the land that belongs to the Palestinians. Where did the name Palestine come from? 132 years after the resurrection of Jesus, there was a, a revolt in Israel called the Barkova revolt, uh, 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 revolt um, that was led by uh, a, a Jewish leader. It was led against the Roman Empire. So 400 years up until 1917, it was uh, the Ottoman Empire, but you can go all the way back to the time of Jesus and before the Greeks came in and occupied it, the Romans came in and occupied it. So when the 132 years after the time of Jesus, and we know Jesus was killed by the Roman Empire, there was another revolt and the, the head of the head, the emperor of, of Rome was so angry, he said, I want every map, every book to eliminate the words Israel, Judea, or Samaria, and I want it from now on to be known as Palestine. Why Palestine? Because the Israels had an enemy called the Philistines. The Philistines lived in what we know now as Gaza. Now, the Philistines, this is where the name Palestine came from. It did not come from a Palestinian people. It did not come from a group of Arabs. It came from the Philistines. Who's the most infamous Philistine in the Bible? Goliath. Now, the Philistines were not Muslim and they were not Arab. The Philistines were from across the, uh, the sea, and they were a part of, uh, of a group which would now be approximately modern-day Greece. They were fishermen. They were fishermen and warriors. They first came in and attacked Egypt several times. Egypt pushed them out and finally pushed them over into the, what's now called the area as the Gaza Strip, and they became the Philistine people. The Roman emperor hated the Jews so much that he picked an enemy of Israel and said, I never want to see the name of Israel again, which represents the Israelites. I never want to see the name of Judea and Samaria, which the world calls now, unfortunately and wrongly, the West bank he said we want to call it now palestine and so for many many years 
Israel was not called Israel. Israel was called Palestine. But here's an interesting note in history. When the world referred to Palestine, they were referring to the Jews who lived in Palestine. They were not referring to Arabs. The Arabs of Palestine were called by the world Muslims, by the League of Nations, by the United Nations. They were called Muslims. It was the Jews who lived in that area that were called by the world Palestinians. So how did that change? Well, in 1948, can we bring up uh, the, the, uh, can we bring up the Arab map? Bring up the Arab map. We have it, we should have, here we go. So in 1948, Israel was given the land and it went all the way over into what is now modern day Jordan. Now I want you to see, Israel is that little light blue area right there. All the rest of this, and we're not even showing all of it, all of the rest of this is the Arab countries. And so all of these massive countries in 1948 came against this little blue area called Israel. And so in 1948 and 1949, they fought the war. And to appease the Arab countries, the Jordanian people came in. And you see that orange in there? That's what we call now the West Bank. And they, they had already shrunk and shrunk and shrunk Israel up in 1948. Then after the wars, when they came in, they took what's now called the West Bank away from the nation of Israel. So here you have, look at, look at the size of this. And, you, and you've got, you've got uh, other Muslim countries and countries all around it, Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, all, all these other countries. And so you have this giant Goliath coming against David. But every time Israel was attacked, 1948-49, uh, 1967, the Six-Day War, when all of the, uh, the Arab nations attacked Israel and Israel defeated them in six days. Think about in 1948, all these established nations, 1948, Israel had no weapons. They had no airplanes. They had no guns. They were farmers fighting, and yet God gave them the victory. 1967, all of these nations fighting, all of this Goliath fighting David, they gave him victory. As Sam talked about, 1973, the Yom Kippur War, they attacked on Yom Kippur, and God gave them victory again. And so every time they were attacked, God would give them victory. But here's how it changed in the world. Here you have all of these nations. Look at them. Look at the size of them. All the oil wealth, all the oil money, every, every weapon, plane, ammunitions that money can buy, they had. But Israel kept defeating them. Israel was David, and all the Arab nations were Goliath. That's bad PR. That's bad PR. So in 1964, now remember, up until... 1964, there has never been a Palestinian government, a Palestinian flag, a Palestinian nation, never. As a matter of fact, the Arab world did not want a Palestinian nation. Historical fact. Never a Palestinian com country, never a Palestinian people, never a Palestinian government, never. 
ever, 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 ever. But in 1964, Yasser Arafat said, we're looking bad. How do we get the world to side with us? Well, instead of Goliath fighting David, let's make Israel David, and they're not fighting the Arab world, they're fighting the West Bank, and they're fighting Gaza. And so through a PR strategy, they gave West Bank and Gaza a Palestinian flag, they created a Palestinian government, created a Palestinian, wanting a Palestinian two-state solution, and I'll, and I'll play you the tape today, if we, if we can get to it, I'll play you the tape where the head of Hamas just a couple of days ago said, we don't want two states. We don't want peace. We want to butcher and murder and kill every Jewish man, woman, and child there is. That's our dream. They do not want peace. That's baloney. So when you see them marching, we want peace. We want two-state solution. Arafat said, we don't want a two-state solution. Abbas said, the head of the PA said, we don't want a two-state solution. What they want is what's called, and I'm going to teach on this next week, and wait, you, you cannot miss. It's called in the Bible, the spirit of Amalek. And Amalek says, whatever it costs us, we don't care we must kill the Jews. Who, who's Amalek? Amalek is when the Israelites were leaving Egypt and they're coming out of 40, 400 years of slavery and they're, they're walking through the desert. The Amalites were the ones who attacked the weak, the elderly, the children without any reason just to kill Jews. It's a spirit of Amalek. It's the same spirit that Hitler had. And when I share, you, you can't miss this teaching because I'm going to show you why are they doing this to men, women, and children? I'm going to show you. It's right there in the Bible. And the thing you have to question is, is Hamas in America? Is the same spirit that says we want to abort babies, we want to take your child without parents' permission, and butcher your children's sex organs and our open borders, is this the same spirit of Amalek? And it is without a doubt. You don't want to miss this teaching. So, so Arafat said, instead of having all of this against th this, this little nation here, let's turn this big nation, Israel, into fighting these poor Palestinians in the West Bank and in Gaza. So in a nutshell, and forgive me for going through that so fast, in a nutshell, that is where this, they are occupying the land. We can prove to you biblically, we can prove to you politically, we can prove to you historically that that land, there has never been, listen to me, there has never been a Palestinian people. That was an invention of Yasser Arafat, the head of the PLO, the, the, the butcher and the terrorist, Yasser Arafat, to say, we've got to quit making Israel look so small. We got to make them small by having them not fight the Muslim world, but fight the Palestinians. That's where the flag and the Palestinian government was created. And they have said over and over again, they do not want land for peace. 
Now, pull up, if you can, pull up the video of the head of the Hamas. His, his name is Khalid Mashal. You've, you've, I know you've heard of him. And listen to what he says just a few days ago about what happened last Shabbat. Pull up that video and let's watch this. Hamas, meanwhile, comes out and speaks clearly about how this happened. It's an extraordinary interview in which a senior Hamas leader talks about how long they had been planning this and listen to the piece at the end about their fundamental life philosophy. For all these people saying, two-state solution, you guys referenced it at the top, right? Like the BS of like, that's what they want. They just want to live in peace next to Israel with a two-state solution. They want like what Patrice called. I told him I'd add that later. They want the eradication of Israel. There is no possibility of peace with this group. Don't believe me? Listen to the senior Hamas official here. We've done our own voiceover of the translation. The zero hour was kept completely secret. A limited number of Hamas leaders knew it. The number of people who knew about the attack and its timing could be counted on one hand. In the past couple of years, Hamas has adopted a rational approach. It did not go into any war and did not join the Islamic Jihad in its recent battle. But all this was part of Hamas's strategy in preparing for this attack. Of course, we made them think that Hamas was busy governing in Gaza and that it wanted to focus on the two and a half million Palestinians there and that they had abandoned the resistance altogether. All the while, under the table, Hamas was preparing for this big attack. In order to keep the attack secret and successful, the different factions and our allies did not know the zero hour. The Israelis are known to love life. We, on the other hand, sacrifice ourselves. We consider our dead to be martyrs. The thing any Palestinian desires the most is to be martyred for the sake of Allah, defending his land. Our allies are those that support us with weapons and money. First and foremost, it is Iran that gives us money and weapons. We are not alone on the battlefield. It is Iran who gives us money and weapons, and yet our administration, even this morning, says we have no proof that Iran was involved in any way with this butchering terrorist plot. The leader of Iran, who, by the way, or the leader of Hamas, by the way, who is meeting today in Qatar with the, with the ambassador of Iran, says right there, it is Iran. And, and, and other, tw- other things he went on to say, Hamas would not exist without Iran. And yet our government cannot acknowledge who we have done oil deals with, who we've done pallets full of billions of dollars done with, they will not publicly admit that we are in partnership, we're in uh, association with a regime who, as I showed you last week, calls Israel little Satan, calls America the great Satan, and who in the parliament, which I showed you last week, after uh, Shabbat, when they butchered all these people, men, women, and children are shouting death to America, death to America. And we have a government that is partnering with this evil regime. Now, I don't want to ruin it for next week, but when we talk about the spirit of Amalek, You need to understand that Amalek has one desire, and it's not just to kill Jews. 
It's to kill and murder all that they consider to be infidels. Now, I don't want to go too much into this, but we need to understand the war that Israel is fighting is not just a war against Hamas or Hezbollah. It's a war for civilization. These people who th think about what they've done, and I know it's gross to say, and, and, and we can show you some videos, and we're just not going to do it. You know, as I'm talking, pull up, the, pull up the pictures of the babies that are kidnapped right now. And this morning, and they've pulled it off, unfortunately, but this morning they had a terrorist, and they said, who do you have in, captured? And they said, we have the elderly, we have handicapped, we have women. No, 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 don't pull those up. Don't pull those up. Pull the pictures of the babies. Not, don't show that. And, the, and he said, I, I watched it. I watched it. He said, what are you doing to the, the, the young girl? He said, we have young girls. We have uh, this, that. And he said, what? And the, and the, 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 the Jewish... Uh, soldier says, what are you doing to young girls? He said, we're raping them, we're murdering them, we're torturing them, we're beheading them, we're cutting their limbs off. And he said, and the babies. And he said, we're raping them, we're murdering them. Listen, this is not, this is not a people that we can negotiate with. And it just infuriates me. I saw some dingbat gal on Fox today going, well, if we would just negotiate. You do not negotiate with people who rape murder babies and women and glorify that you can't negotiate with that kind of thing but here's what i want you to, to, to show and, and let's take those off so people can hear what i say this is what's called the spirit of amalek and as sam said we have not seen this many jews butchered and murdered in one day like we did last saturday the Holocaust. The Holocaust is the only thing. Listen to what the, uh, the, the intent of Hitler was. Now listen to me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop with this, and then we're going to go into this ne next week or the week after, because um, we got the, the uh, rally next week. But Hitler, we know what Hitler did. We've seen the pictures. We know the number, six million Jews, men, women, and children, one and a half million children. But Hitler, and this is what every Christian around the world needs to understand, Hitler's intention was not to stop with the Jews. Listen to this. Alan Bullock, who is the, Hitler's most authoritative biographer, says, in Hitler's eyes, Christianity was a rebellion, quote, fit only for slaves. He vowed to root out and destroy the influence of the Christian churches and the evil that it does gnawing at our vitals. So Hitler's plan all along was when he was done with the Jews, he's coming for the church. This is absolute fact. And so when we understand that when we are standing up for Israel to protect itself, we are standing up for civilization to protect ourselves because when they are done, it's right. How does Biden, these guys, not see this? They're the little Satan. We're the big Satan. Tie that in 
with our present administration and how they're eliminating prayer, how they're eliminating one nation under God, how they're eliminating. We, uh, um, uh, Pastor Troy just sent me a thing that in, in, in Dallas right here, they're meeting on not allowing any chaplains to be involved, any ministers to be involved with counseling of our school children. They are eliminating all aspects of God. This is not a war for land. This is a war of evil versus good. This is a war between the devil and almighty God. And you've got to understand this. Let me ask you a question as we leave. If I were to show you pictures of, from World War II of babies being bayoneted, of having mothers hold their children so they wouldn't have to waste a bullet on the mother and the child, of babies being thrown alive into pits and covered with dirt, of babies being taken off of the trains, and I've been there at the death camps, taken from their mother's arms and thrown alive into a fire, would you say that was a Nazi soldier or an American soldier? You don't have to ask that. We know it was Nazis. So if I showed you pictures of babies having their heads cut off with a hoe, of children being stuffed in tires, tied, and set on fire, of women being raped and then having their arms and heads cut off and spitting and dragging the bodies through it, would you say that was a Hamas person or a Jewish person? This man said, we celebrate death. The Jews celebrate life. It's that simple. Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and that life more abundant. Choose you this day who you will serve. It's right before us. Choose you this day. And I'm telling you, we need to speak out loud and clear and never shut up. If we're a week away or two weeks away or a year away from this, we must say to every political, uh, 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 every politician in every frame of office, whether it's the local school board, to our governor, to the president of the United States, you do not have any right. Don't you dare tell Israel to stand down. Don't you dare tell Israel to cease fire. Don't you dare tell Israel to back away because we've done this over and over and over again. In 2005, America and the, and the United Nations forced Israel to turn over Gaza to the Palestinians. They pushed, they, they forced is, Israel's Israelis out of Gaza who were farming, who were building tech firms, who were building industry, forced them out. Had Gaza taken that, had the Palestinian people taken that, everyone says that would have been the next Singapore in the world. It would have been gorgeous. It would have been beautiful. It would have been prosperous. It would have been uh, uh, causing fruit to flow out of the desert. But instead of turning it into the next the next Singapore of the Middle East, they turn it into a launching pad for death and hatred and violence and murder and barbarism and rape. And we need to understand they do not want land for peace. They want to destroy 
all Jews everywhere. It's the Malachite, uh, Amalek spirit that was in Hitler. And we need to understand just like Hitler. And it's not a coincidence that when Hitler started annihilating the Jews, the, the heads of Islam were brought to Germany to give advice to Hitler on how to do it. It's been connected for years. But don't you, un, don't you think that if we just ignore it, it will go away? Because if they finish with the Jews, they're coming for the church. But I got news for Satan. I read the end of the book, and we win. And God Almighty... Stand with me all over the building. We're going to pray. I've, I've got to go. We're going to have to run real quick here. You know, just a few months ago that the chief rabbi of Israel asked, asked us to go and walk with him, march with him from the death camps of Auschwitz to Birkenau. And the theme of those march was never again. We've been saying that for 75 years, never again, never again. And yet it happened again. And the sad thing is we have to say again, never again. Listen to me. If the Muslims, the Palestinians, would lay down their weapons, there would be peace. If Israel is forced to laying down their weapons, there'll be butchery. If the Palestinians would say, that's it, this, we're done, the world would flood them. They'd become the wealth overnight. They'd become the wealthiest people in the world. But as the leader of Hamas said, this is a dream come true. Murder, rape, butchering of women and children, it's a dream come true. Well, where do they see the hand of Almighty God rise up? Where do they see the hand of the God of Israel rise up? And I can guarantee you, even as we speak, their dream is turning into a nightmare. If their goal, if their goal is to sacrifice their lives for their God, I think Israel has all the right to help them fulfill their dream. And I am ashamed of any Christian that does not stand up and say so. What would you do if they took your child? You would not pray. We'd pray, but you'd take action along with those prayers. And we need to understand, listen to me clearly on this, because we only read half of it. Genesis 12 says, I will bless those who bless Israel. But read the rest of it. This same God said, I'm going to curse you. And we curse the enemies of Israel. We curse the enemies of God. We curse the enemies that celebrate in their own words. We celebrate death. And we worship the God who celebrates life. We need to stand up. We need to be vocal. We need to watch out. We need to watch out another week, two weeks down the line. Right now, uh, and, I, and I know I'm giving you, but the world does it. Right now, Israel has delayed going into Gaza and put it out. G civilians, get out of Gaza. Get out of Gaza. And right now, 
Hamas has surrounded the main part of Gaza and have trapped a million and a half of their own civilians in there because they're willing to use them as human shields. That's not a warrior. That's a coward. That's not a militant. That's a terrorist. And we need to stand loud and clear that Israel not only has the right to eliminate this enemy once and for all, they have an obligation to their own people. You know, I'll say this, and I hope I don't, I hope I don't embarrass Sam. I hope Sam's not even listening right now. I've had Shabbat. I've no, we've known Sam for years. I've had Shabbat with their family, and we, they're, the, they're some of the most religious, godly, observant people I've ever met. We were sitting at the, Scotty and I were sitting at the Shabbat table, and and one of their his young beautiful daughter said something, and I said, "Oh man, I, would you write that down for me?" And she said, "Yeah, I will." And she just sat there. And I said, "No, I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm not just saying that to be nice. I, I want I want to take that back with me." And Sam goes, "Pastor, she will, but it's Shabbat. She wouldn't even write something down on Shabbat." These are the most in love with God people you can ever meet, just like so many of our friends. And when this first happened, I talked to Sam on the phone. He said, pray for me, Pastor. He said, the things I've seen, pray I don't lose my faith. That's what happened in the Holocaust. But I declare that Israel's faith will become stronger than ever before, and our faith will become stronger than ever before. But we can't, as we get away, as we get further and further, you know, just like 9-11. What was 9-11? You know, it's not a coincidence they attacked us on 9-1-1. They were making a statement. Your God doesn't hear your calls. But I guarantee you, our God hears our calls, and our God hears the calls of Israel. Amen? So don't go soft on us. Don't go soft on us. Unfortunately, there will be collateral damage, but every innocent civilian that's killed is on the heads of Hamas because they won't let them leave. They won't even let them leave. These cowards, they surround themselves with... We, we have... Now I'm not going to say it. We need to remember how barbaric this, these people are, and we need to call on God to stop them once and for all and stand with the nation of Israel. Amen? We need to pray. We've got all these, we got two aircraft carriers now in the area. We've got several uh, uh, other naval ships in there. And we need to pray that in a week or two weeks from now that our government doesn't say, well, these ships are here to protect you now. And now he says, well, these ships are here to make you stand down. We need to pray because those who curse Israel you know, we, we know about the, 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 the sins of the fathers. Well, there are two kinds of fathers. There are spiritual fathers, and there are earthly fathers. And whatever decision the fathers of this country make will affect us. But I declare, I declare, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. Would you take your neighbor's hands across the building? I can stay for I can stay for about five minutes. No, I need to go. I can stay for about no, need to go.
Oh, offering, offering. Okay, put your hands down. <laughs> Let me leave you with this. Let me leave you with this. And, and, and can I tell you how proud I am of all of you? Because I met with a bunch of people afterwards and we stayed and prayed. And they said, Pastor, you didn't receive an offering. Can't you? They, they said, you said it to me. Can't you receive an offering? Listen, I was in Pittsburgh Thursday night doing Standing with Israel. And they said, never in the history, the, the station's like 60 years old. They said, never in the history have, have our phones lit up like this. And w while we were teaching, it dawned on me. Right now, we are in the last week or the last week and a half of the first fruit offerings of the Feast of Tabernacles. We're in that grace period right now where you bring your, you come before the Lord, you don't come empty handed. But it hit me. This will, this will happen if the Messiah didn't come. This, this first fruit offering right now that we're in that grace period, it will come again next year. If you miss it, you miss the blessing for the whole year. You just miss it. The window shuts. But when God says, I will bless those who bless Israel, it hit me while we were speaking. This time to bless Israel has never been more important. And this has never been in the history of the world. And God willing, it will never be again. So this is a time I believe that when we stand with Israel, pray with Israel, and we give to Israel, we need to send them funds as fast as it comes in. We need another ambulance that's $150,000. We need food. We need medical. We need care for these, these children who we can't even imagine. Who would do that to a child? Only a demon. So I want to ask you as you leave, and I want to ask you that are watching, understand that this is, this is a double window. This is a mega window. God willing, we'll never need to do this this way for Israel again. But if there's ever been such a time as this, and when I was saying this, we had this young pastor on, well, young, he's 40 years old. He looked like he was half white, half black. And he, it hit, I saw his lights go up. And he goes, Pastor, you know what God just told me? If we need a miracle of a lifetime, this is now because God is bringing us an offering and an opportunity of a lifetime. To give to Israel this way has never happened before in the history of the world for such a time as this. Get ready for God to pour us out a blessing that stand and help Israel. Amen. Let's take our neighbor's hands all across the building. Father, we thank you. I thank you for all these wonderful people. I thank you for this family at New Beginnings and our families across the world, our stream family. And Father, I ask that you would let in every one of our hearts say, never again. And let Israel know that we mean that with all of our hearts. Give us the, the, the courage and the boldness to stand up for Israel. Give us the boldness and courage to give as we have never given before. And Father, we vow that we will not be silent for Israel's sakes, for Zion's sakes.